0: Good morning. We welcome you and we appreciate your interest in what we do here. And what we do here is follow the Word of God. We believe in doing so. We honor Jesus Christ. We set ourselves on a journey toward heaven. We don't have to make anything up or wait to see what men come up with. We just follow the Word of God. And your interest And this commitment that we have here is commendable. Please join me this morning in the book of Romans in chapter 13, and I'll give the verse numbers in just a moment or two after my introduction. As you read Romans up through chapter 11, it may occur to you that Paul's arguments are technical, sequential, theological, But as you return to the epistle and read it over and over, I'll predict that you'll see the simplicity of Paul's theme. Paul is writing about one thing in Romans. God's solution to man's problem. That's the book of Romans. God's solution to man's problem. I believe it is that simple. Man has a problem he cannot solve on his own. Sin, not living in harmony with God's will. The first three chapters of Romans describe that reality. Sin is man's problem. And then after that, Paul says that God in His grace has provided a solution through the person and work and death of Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead, that we might be justified, who is at the right hand of God. That's Romans. Now, how does an individual sinner receive that solution to be cleansed of sin? Romans 6 and verse 3 says, By being baptized into Christ. That comes from faith in Him. And then it says, after baptism, walk in newness of life. Various questions are answered in the intervening chapters. And then beginning in chapter 12 of Romans, the specific practical directives about being a Christian day to day. Not conforming to the world... Practicing genuine love, being patient in tribulation, never avenging yourself, being subject to the governing authorities where you live. All of this is about what the baptized person needs to do to remain in the grace of God, to live there, thrive there, to serve God and others, to hope and to love. That's all simple and good and easy to understand. Romans is about God's solution to man's problem. But in living this good life according to God's will, there will be times when the Christian needs a wake-up call. There will be times when the Christian needs a wake-up call and that is exactly what we discover in Romans 13, 11 through 14. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. It's desire. Well, if I've paid good attention to the book of Romans up to this point, I'm inclined to take this seriously. I may in fact pause in my reading when I get here to measure if I'm fully alert, if I know the time, to see if I'm really awake to what it means to get up every day and be a Christian. Very challenging and specific instruction and valuable reading for Christians is found here in Romans 13, 11 through 14. What can happen in the absence of good discipline is after obeying the gospel, there comes a time when you become lax and sluggish. And gradually, the world claims a hold on you. And then temptation is not resisted. What we need is a wake-up call. We need for something in the Word to get our attention. Or we need someone to approach us with the Word, to offer to us exactly the rebuke, that can cause good repentance and its fruit. The sluggish person needs to be open to that, needs to be shaken up. And why not get this into your heart now before you become sluggish? As this turns out in English, it is exactly a wake-up call. Now, it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Everything in the Bible about one's relationship with God is urgent. It is all about now. The judgment day is one day closer every day procrastination and gradual decay can overtake us if we do not give heed to the wake-up calls in the Word. And this is one of them. I'm afraid all of us have have observed people and may know people now who need a wake-up call. And perhaps we should be more active in providing what people need. But before we turn this passage toward someone else we think needs it, first, I need to take it in, you need to take it in, and humbly take a reading of our level of discipline and alertness. In my mind it sounds something like this. Am I really awake today to what I ought to be before God? To the commitment I made when I was baptized into Christ? We're going to look at this this morning not just as a group, but as we go through this individual inventory needs to take place here and it needs to take place individually out there. Let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. When you read this as a person who has repented and been baptized, your first response might be, well, I've already done this, I can move on. This is what I did when I first came to Christ and obeyed Him. I repented and that involved casting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light. Good for me, good for you, if that's what we did when we became Christians. But there can be, after baptism, a drifting Or a fall back into sin, making it necessary to listen again to the call to repent. See, I can't just go through life saying to myself, Well, I was baptized. I heard the gospel. I wanted to become a Christian. I knew what the Bible said about repentance and baptism. I was baptized just as Scripture teaches with the motives given in Scripture in the manner given in Scripture. I'm okay now. You're okay if you have continued to live according to that initial commitment and you're okay if you've made the corrections and the adjustments and the growth along the way. Back in Romans 6, I quoted a few minutes ago, what does it say? After being baptized into Christ. Here it is. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead... By the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Christ was raised. We were raised from the waters of baptism to do something, to walk in newness of life. I must never let that phrase be lost in my mind and my life and my self-examination. Walk in newness of life. If I stop that walk, leave that life, go back into sin, here comes the wake-up call that says, cast off the works of darkness. But that's only half of it. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Stop doing what is wrong. Start or resume doing what is right. What is the purpose of armor? Armor protects the one wearing it against assaults and wounds. Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, Put on the whole armor of God. Now, go beneath the imagery to the practicality of it. The details of it. When you pray and read your Bible and worship and work with Christians, you're wearing the armor God provides. When you say no to the devil, when you resist peer pressure to sin, when you stand firm for gospel truth, you're wearing the armor God gave you. I cannot let there be gaps or open places in that armor. I want light in my life, not darkness. And that requires this action. Wake up, cast off the works of darkness, and put on the armor of light. If you know what God says in His Word that applies to you, and you are simply not complying with His Word, don't deceive yourself into thinking that you're wearing the armor of light. If after baptism you have turned back into the sins... You were cleansed of by Christ. Don't tell yourself that your protective armor is on. Have you ever heard the expression, chinks in the armor? That means an opening that may be small, but deadly. It means a flaw, a weakness, a little opening that allows the darkness back into your life. So this is a wake-up call for every one of us. Let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light and walk properly. The life of a Christian is often described in terms of mobility. The image is walking. We've already mentioned this from Romans 6. Walking in newness of life. Here is that same imagery, walking properly. Parents, do you remember those first few steps your children took? Wasn't that graceful, was it? You wanted to reach out and steady them. Often they would stumble around, sometimes fall. It may be similar with new Christians. But the aim must always be to walk properly properly to know where you're going to have good balance and to avoid stumbling or falling to walk properly some translations have it walk honorably but this is not to earn the praise and honor of men no this is living that honors god that is proper in his sight walking in the light first john 1 7. Darkness is associated with sin, hidden deeds, blindness, stumbling, falling. We must have a mind and a life that is enlightened by God's Word, walking properly as in the daytime. And then Paul takes his wake up call to very specific areas of darkness, levels, layers of darkness to make certain we understand to make certain this is not just generic but it's described in very specific terms look at it not in revelry or orgies this is that carnal interest in fun that becomes obsessive and that creates an atmosphere or the other behaviors in the list. This is spring break on South Padre. This is night clubbing. That's revelry, orgies, where anything goes, and the worse, the better, in the minds of some, catering to the flesh in an atmosphere where temptation is lively. Then he says, not in drunkenness, Paul often wrote in favor of sobriety and against intoxication. He said one time, be filled with the Spirit. Alcohol has become an accepted adult beverage in our society. But long before adulthood, kids begin to partake. The Christian must be sober Illustrate sobriety and teach sobriety. I want to read to you the quote that I know I used last Sunday on this subject. I haven't forgotten. But I believe repetition holds value and it emerges again in Romans 13. Dr. Haven Emerson of Columbia University said this years ago. The higher qualities of the mind are the very first... To be rubbed out by alcohol. The delicate capacities of intellectual decision and choice and discretion and willpower are those faculties which are first dulled and then wiped out by alcohol because they are the least capable of withstanding its toxic, poisonous effect. He was a doctor, not a preacher. Did you see the news this last week about alcohol? Maybe years ago you saw news feeds that would come up and say, alcohol is good for you, it's good for your health. And boy, the liquor companies loved that until last week. And now the alcoholic beverage companies are trying to figure out how to counter this. On your news feed, you saw it on CNN, the headline, No Amount of Alcohol is Good for You, Global Study Says. This was a global study that involved many years of research. CBS, There's No Safe Level of Alcohol, Major New Study Concludes. You saw it on your news feed. I tell you, it was on God's news feed a long time ago. Cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light, not in drunkenness, not in licentiousness, sexual immorality. This terminology means to assume that you have permission, a license to do whatever you want, whatever feels good, licentiousness more commonly called permissiveness or promiscuity. In some of the older English translations, the word is lasciviousness, not in lewdness. The ESV says sensuality, to take delight in sexual humor, to speak of it in detail, to mix company, to say and do things, to lower the offensiveness of sexual immorality. That's lewdness. And in our time, in our technology, especially our video technology, kids can pull it up on their phones in a moment. Parents need to be on alert. It elevates temptation. <laughs> it elevates temptation to a new low. Ironic and horrific Our society has lifted this kind of behavior to a new low. Christians must not be involved. And this means men should treat women with all purity and women should not take delight in being seductive. Then it says not in strife. Strife is to love the fight. To love the conflict, quarreling, jealousy, bickering, no matter who is hurt, no matter how God's will may be ignored or slighted, loving to tear people apart. Do you see any of that this week? Paul often spoke against this kind of behavior. It is everywhere today in politics, religion, social media, Knowing how to discuss differences with grace and honesty is being buried today under bitterness, envy, jealousy, covetousness. All of them are connected. Having to do with an attitude of wanting what others have or denying others what they have because you don't have it. Such attitudes are selfish and immature, and they all have negative spiritual outcomes. Paul says to Christians, to whatever degree you participate in any of these attitudes and behaviors, put them off. Put on Christ. Sometimes after we repent, we need to repent again. Paul issues this warning. Wake up. Get out of bed. The morning is dawning. The judgment is coming. And put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. What does a a, a mature person do when you get up from slumber? Well, you put on your clothes and you get distractions out of the way and you go to work. You dress properly for the task that you are about to undertake. Well, the imagery is vivid for Christians who understand every day our task is to get up, serve Him, follow Him, and show others the way, and you have to be dressed for that task. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Paul is issuing a wake-up call, folks, for Christians in Rome and through the preservation of the text for Christians everywhere, including Texas, Hidalgo County, MacAllen and me, and you. See, the devil just wants us to fall asleep on the job. He wants us to form habits that have no reality or substance in the heart, no commitment, no self-examination, What we have to do is get up every day and say no to the devil and yes to this wake-up call every single day. I close with two questions. One, have you been baptized into Christ? And two, are you walking in newness of life? We extend the Lord's invitation while we stand together to sing